All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. All right, let's get after it. Presented by Batano, it's time for the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take. It's Nick Alberga and Anthony Stewart. What's going on, Stewie? I'm doing well. How's everything with you on this uh, fine Friday? Dude, last night was a roller coaster, and we're going to get to that game, and they got a game against the Ducks coming up. Speaking of which, we got a special guest on today's show. So I'm going to read the read, and then we're going to get to him. The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Storing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party team-building event. Or have a great date night with your significant other to find a location and book an outing today. Go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L grounds.com. As mentioned, the Leafs and the Anaheim Ducks coming up on Saturday. How about a bit of preview uh, with our friend Adam Henrique of the Anaheim Ducks. Rico, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not too much. Just uh, enjoying the long road trip we're on. How did uh, how did last night go? Did Ridley Grigg pull any shit or what? <laughs> No, he did not. Uh, fortunately yeah, for us, he uh, he missed a pretty good opportunity to to get back within one or two goals there. So it uh, worked out for us last night. Um, how's it uh, How's it for you coming back uh, to the hometown? I remember for me, pretty much every time I played, I was playing for free. So is there a lot of tickets request uh, for tonight? Oh yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get everybody to get their own, but it never works. Um, my family's actually been uh, been following us around on the trip um, on the train, so it's been kind of fun seeing them in uh, Montreal and Ottawa. And then, and then we'll have a lot of people in, 
uh, at the Toronto game. And then, but we play in Buffalo too. Everybody usually just comes to Buffalo. It's a lot cheaper and easier to get tickets there. I won't lie. I'm a bit guilty of that last year. Went to the game last year. It was a tough outing for the Anaheim Ducks. We'll say that. Um, Barico, I mean, how's the season going? How are you feeling? Of course, March 8th getting closer and closer. And it's just been one of those years in a contract year, obviously. Yeah. You know what? The year's been good. Um, you know, I've been happy with my game and, and more as of late in the last month or so. Um, and then, yeah, it's now it's just it's it's seems like every year people ask it and my name comes up around trade deadline. But now with the expiring contract, it's you know, there's more to it, I guess. So um, that's been uh, not new to deal with, but I guess there is more um, talk and in, in what's going to happen. And then every year, too, you, you know, you don't really know when the trades are going to happen. Now we've seen two early, early trades, and, and that's kind of pushed things along and, and pushed the talk and, and the rumors of, of those things. So just trying to deal with that and, and keep playing and trying to keep focused on on my game and, and, and making sure it's at a top level, you know, whenever that may come. Man, well, life's moving too fast. Um, I did some research here, and Stewie, we'll, we'll get to you in a sec. Um, did some research, obviously, six years since your last playoff game, 12 years since your crazy run with the uh, the New Jersey Devils. What would it mean to you to get back into a playoff setting? Well, it would be special. I, I think it's, uh, you know, you go on that big run my first year, and you think you're going to be in the playoffs every year. Um, and then as a young player, you learn the business side of things pretty quickly, and, and, and things kind of go the other way, and it feels like, been rebuilding ever since um wherever i've been so you know that for the trade to anaheim we had we had a good run and got ourselves in but but fell short pretty quickly in the playoffs so you know that's 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 the opportunity that it, every player wants that's what we play for and um so you know we just wait and see what happens and and where things may fall for me but uh just to have the opportunity to get back there would be pretty nice well, that's one side of the coin. And the other one is possibly re-signing with Anaheim. Again, it's a good young team that's going to be up and coming. I'm looking at that D-line uh, prospect pipeline there. It's going to be shored up probably over the next 10, 15 years. Um, is that something that uh, you've possibly looked at? Is, is re-signing with Anaheim as a potential option? Yeah, we, we've we talked about it um, as, a, as a family. that We, have, we haven't had any um, you know actual conversations of, of anything as far as that nature goes yet, yeah, but, but that's something that we'd certainly be open to. And, and, you know, it's when you look at it too, everybody's got a job to do. The GM's got a job to do. The coach's got a job to do. The player's got a job to do. So, um, you know, whether we, we get traded and end back up in Anaheim or, or sign before then, we, you know, we just kind of have to wait and see, um, you know, most of that is out of my control. So it's, uh, it's kind of the waiting game right now. And, and, You'd certainly love to be a fly on the wall when with the GMs, but uh, you know that's not for us right now, and that's not uh, part of my job as of now. So, yeah, it must be you know be such a fascinating feeling. Like, are you nervous? Are you anxious? You want to get this over with? Like, obviously, lots happening in your life right now too. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the yeah. It seems like we just everything happens at once, and, and we're expecting another little one uh, March third. So that uh, kind of throws a wrinkle in our plans, but. Um, you know, outside of that, we've kind of prepared as best we can as a family and for what we need to do. And, and it's, you know, it's not something that's crept up on us. It's something all season that we've known about and, um, is, is coming. So we've taken, you know, most of the precautions that we can. And, and, you know, like I said, it's, it's, does the trade happen March 8th at two o'clock or does it happen tomorrow? Like we don't know. Um, so we just try to prepare and, and try to stay 
focus mentally and, and really just control what we can control. Um, and, and that's kind of just how we take it day to day. Sometimes it's, it's, you think about it a little more and, and sometimes you try not to think about it at all. Uh, I do not hesitate uh, an opportunity to uh, bring up Matt Nickel. How important has he been uh, for your preparation uh, for the season and, and playing, you know, 82 games? Well, he's been great. Um, and, and for me too, you know, I've been with Maddie now for, for a handful of years um, and just going to the gym or, you know, it's a place you want to go and, and it's a ton of fun to be there. Um, you know, over the years, you see so many guys coming in and, and, you know, new players and, and trying to take their game to the next level. So, and that was me when I first started too. So uh, he's been tremendous for me. I, I think the summer is always a lot of fun being there. Um, <clears throat> and for me, the last two, two seasons too, with injuries, um, going, going to see Maddie and, and getting his expertise on those things and, and making sure we correct the body, you know, properly. And that does take time. And um, he's been a tremendous asset in my career and, and a big reason of why I've been able to play for a long time. So uh, as mentioned, you guys are taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs on uh, Saturday night. This is least morning take. So we'll draw our best to uh, draw parallels. You just never know what happens, whether at the trade deadline or in the offseason with free agency. But the one thing people don't know about you, your father-in-law is Stumpy Thomas. What's that like? Yeah, uh, it's great. Um, we have a lot of fun together. We spend a lot of time um, together, and especially in the off season, me spending time in Toronto. Um, so it's always fun. You know, we we chat hockey a lot and, and get golfing quite a bit and those sorts of things. So um, it's it's been awesome. He's he's uh, you know again another kind of asset to to pick his brains at times uh, when things are going on, whether they're going good or they're going bad for me um, on the ice. So. Uh, try to take advantage of that and then we just we have a lot of fun um, you know it's it's been great seeing him be become a grandpa and uh, something that he loves a lot and uh, you know I, they, they've helped out me a lot when I when I'm away and don't have to worry about things and lastly Rico I know you got to fly here but uh, the big topic of conversation in this market the last week uh, the Morgan Roll, uh, Riley situation uh, <laughs> would you have reacted the same way like what did you make of that whole thing yeah, I, I thought the I thought the reaction was was fine and fair. Um, you know, I mean, I maybe you know the cross check to the head and then the five games is is kind of its own thing. But um, I, I think there rightfully so should have been a reaction. Um, you know, whether it was too much or, or whatever, you know, you can just argue on end, I guess, for that. So. Um, it's funny all this happens on our Canadian road trip and I've seen more talk about that than, than I've seen a lot of hockey talked about back in, in Anaheim all season. But, um, you know, yeah, I think it is what it is. It's we, uh, now we have to take advantage of him being out of the lineup for our game tomorrow. True, true. Enrico, just uh, call it preparation. You just never know what could happen between now and March 8th, even in the off season. Right. So appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. That Matthews guy is playing pretty well right now. Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, we'll have to shut him down somehow. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. Take care. Thanks, guys. Anytime. That's uh, Adam Enrique of the Anaheim Ducks. Imagine coming off and being that next team that Austin Matthews takes on and trying to defend that guy, dude. Like, we're going to get to that conversation, but holy crap. It's 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 amazing, right? And again, a game last night where you think they're dead in the water, just three shots, just like that. And that just shows the capability that he has. And when he's determined and he's a man on a mission, he has the ability to put this team and put them on their back. So it was a great performance. 
Uh, but remember now it's coming up to game 60 to 80 where it's almost a different season. They're going to need some other guys stepping up for sure. I love that you talk about your five game increments. That That is my favorite part about you. 82 game slate, there are five game increments and uh, I lose my mind over every waking loss. You do not at the Leafs Nation 401 where you can subscribe on YouTube. Once again, thanks to Adam Enrique for dropping on before he hits the rink here for a skate. Uh, at least want to take wherever you find your podcast as well. Morgan Riley is going to have his appeal, I guess, today with uh, Gary Bettman. I'm still trying to figure out why these things have to be in person. Like, he did his thing on Zoom. Like, it's a technology era. Why not just do it through Zoom and waste your, you know, save your flight and your travel time to New York City? But they're going to get together. Um, maybe just your overall scope, Stu. I haven't had you on this week to talk about that. Just everything that transpired and the response, the suspension, all that. Well, it's funny. I don't think I've seen um, a country more divided or a province more divided uh, on a situation like this. Right. But I think we can all agree as players that, yes, there are some unwritten rules and you can call it archaic You can say we're all dinosaurs. But, you know, the uh, the players almost have to police themselves. Right. And what you don't want to do is, yes, the game is of respect. You don't want to make a travesty of the game and you don't want to be disrespectful to your opponents. Remember, it's a contact sport. So uh, Greg, when he came in, do that, did that slap shot. He knew he was igniting a rivalry there and he wanted to put the icing on the cake. Um, and for me, you know, after that puck went in the net, I think there was a good five seconds before Morgan Riley came and got him. He knew he was coming, right? If I did something like that, I know somebody's coming and there's going to be response. So whether or not, I'm not going to argue that Riley meant to do it or not. He had a response to make and I'm sure he's going to take the suspension uh, in stride. But I think the one thing where I'm a little bit iffy on is why are you going to throw the book at him when he's a first time offender? He's a lady Bing, not lady Bing. What is it? Uh, what trophy is it that he's uh, a candidate for? Um, where he doesn't have a lot of penalty minutes. He's not a repeat offender. Yeah, Lady Bing. I saw it as two, three games max. So I can understand the the frustration on wanting to appeal it. Um, for me, I can see two games. Um, again, my brother, I've never been suspended. My brother's been a guy that's done it. Um, but you have to have a response for a certain situation like that too. So the one thing is, next time Ridley Gregg has an open net, I'm sure he's going to take his time to decide if he really wants to take a slap shot. And that's how you police the game. And, it, it, you know, it's always interesting and important to get the perspective of players who actually play in this league, right? Right now. Um, we had Braden Shen on here earlier this week. He said it was the right response. Adam Enrique just said it was the right response. Um, it, it shouldn't be a surprise that a vast majority, I guess, of the veterans in the league felt it was an appropriate response. I think we can all agree. Don't cross check them in the head. I mean, that goes without saying. But I wonder, and, and I mentioned this on yesterday's show, like if Riley is appealing this, I wonder if he's got some intel that he might actually win this thing. Because I'm with you. Right away it happens. I'm like, he's getting suspended two or three games. But then this conversation got overblown. Maybe it's the market. Maybe it's Toronto. But he was going to get 10 plus games. They're going to throw the book at him. And then it lands at five, one less than David Perron. I just wonder if, you know, Gary Bettman looks back. He looks at the track record, the resume everything that transpired a couple of years back with Jason Spezza and reducing that suspension. And I wonder if it's filtered through that Riley's going to get one game ticked off this thing. That, that, that's yeah, that's all I can I, think I, of. I can see that. I can see yeah. that. And again, I'm not going to play an insider. I play one on TV, yeah. but you know, I was hearing through the grapevine that, you know, I think it was uh, Shanahan that requested an in-person meeting as he wanted to go in there and read the right act back to the league. Really? Right. Because they've sort of been on the receiving end of some of these uh, suspensions where it's like, you know, when it comes to Toronto, they're sort of on the, 
you know, they're, they're tacking on a couple of games to send a message to a team Toronto team. So that's what I heard. I'm not sure. I'm not going to play an insider. And you're going to use this clip now. So Probably. I'm not going to try to butcher it. But um, they're well, well within the rights, right? If you look at this as, is this one of the worst suspensions of, of most egregious offenses this year? I don't think it's anywhere close. And I could see them understanding, saying, hey, you know what? We're going to give you three games four games but to be talking about five plus and people talking about throwing them out of the league giving them 10 plus <laughs> games there was no injury um yes it was a revenge play but he had time to protect himself so yes i'd rather him drop his gloves and punch him in the face but what if he knocked him out we'd be talking about a whole different thing so um you know as a player um i knew in certain markets or certain certain teams that i'm playing against i had to act accordingly based on what the retribution was going to be so if i'm playing against toronto and they have rosie and they have colton or and they have these guys i'm probably not doing anything out of line but if it's a team where i know i can get away with it i'm absolutely going to do it and you saw last night delore was out there having a field day yes he had to answer to benoit but he was that was that was a walk in the park uh, for him so um, it's it comes down to policing the games, and it's there are some unwritten rules, and unless you played the game, it's really really tough to to understand. I have so many questions from last night, and among them, like if if you're going to sign Ryan Reeves, like why isn't he playing against the Philadelphia Flyers out of all teams in this league, who you know are going to bring it physically? But we're going to get to that question. I want to get your breakdown of a video that we caught wind of uh, during the broadcast yesterday in the first period where the Leafs were dog shit and Philadelphia was playing their game. And it was uh, Willie Nylander and Sheldon Keefe going at it a bit. Uh, what did you make of that whole thing? It happens, right? And I think because we're in Toronto, we're going to be micro uh, putting everything under the microscope. But the one thing I can tell you on uh, most NHL teams, there is uh, one or two guys, not necessarily the whipping boy, but where the coach can go in and air out his frustration and not really have it be a big, big deal. So, you know, you're looking at Keefe. Could he get away with doing that with Matthews or Marner or Tavares? No, but you have to do it to a guy where you're sort of going to send a message to the rest of the team. So you're seeing Nylander there. He's giving it back to him, right? He's probably saying, yeah, man, I, I tried it. It didn't work. Yeah, let me get off my back. I'll, I'll fix my game. But what was the end result of that situation? Him going out and scoring the overtime winning goal. So Keith, he pushed the right buttons. Look what happened. And that's the job of the coach. Sometimes you got to motivate some of these players. Uh, sometimes you have to send a message. And, you know, last night it worked and ended up being Nylander, but there's no way. And that's where I'm like, there's no way I'd want to coach this Leaf team. You know, I played for teams where we had one superstar and it was tough for the coach to say anything. I cannot imagine four or five guys that you got to manage that on a daily, daily basis. So I think Keith has been a plus in that department pushing the buttons at the right time. And it seemed to work yesterday for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Guys are fucking divas, dude. <laughs> they're, they're so entitled. How would you be? If you had $11 million paycheck July 1st, you would buy two cats, right? And Probably. then you'd, you'd build a place uh, uh, to live right upstairs. You'd be there every night. It'd be tough to show up for 82 games, right? <laughs> I don't buy it. Why doesn't Nathan McKinnon pull tantrums like that? Why those guys he... are cut from a different cloth. The, uh, the, the McKinnons, okay, well, the you... Crosby's, the McDavid's. Those guys are born winners those guys are going to be going down as the tom brady's and the uh, you know superstar guys that we talk about the mount rushmore guys those guys are few and far between they demand excellence you talk about their training regimen off ice they hold their teammates accountable where if you're not a guy that's buying in you're out so those guys it's tough it's tough trust me it's tough to be those type of guys 11 and a half sheets a year 
and a month in to off that extension, he is already going with the head coach. And the only thing I read from that is like, buddy, I know I'm going to be here longer than you. The writing is on. The, I don't know. You've been monitoring Sheldon Keefe the last two months. This guy is going grayer and grayer by the day. He knows his days are numbered as a head coach. Like that's why he does not give a fuck anymore. And I love it because these guys are so entitled and they think everything should just be given to them. And it's like, I don't know how you come out that way in the first period. It's like every game, it's just conversation. And, and, and I'll be honest, it just scares the shit out of me that they just paid this guy eight years, 11 and a half million bucks, and he's pulling a stunt like that. Like, he's been such a passenger the last month. Remember, we're talking about five-game segments. So, yes, his last yes, couple five-game yes. segments have, haven't been there. Um, but okay. remember, why he got this deal, and that's why, I, you know, I sort of scratched my head at this. He didn't get this deal based on what he was doing this year and showing up and being the leading scorer. He's been the most consistent leaf, I think, for the last yeah. three, four seasons, most importantly, uh, in the playoffs. So, um, yes, there's going to be ups and downs. Um, but I think the, the issue is with this group, there's, there's four guys that are under the microscope. There's four superstars where other teams have one or two. So yes, I think there's a little bit of conflict with power play and ice time, this and that, but the scrutiny is going to come with that contract. So yes, I think he can, uh, he deserves to be better and I think he will be better, but he's done it. He's shown he's been doing that, but that's been, uh, the William Nylander the last couple of years, he goes hot, he runs cold and yeah. yes, sometimes he looks like he has a torn motivator cuff out there, but I think when push <laughs> comes to shove, he's shown he can be a top flight, uh, NHL player. And I think he'll do it, uh, going into the playoffs when it matters most. Hey, uh, thank you to Mr. P-Mail Bacon in the chat. 6.9 this year, not 11.5. I stand corrected on that front. Brought nice, to you by DoorDash. Nice, nice, nice. It is time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's uppercase NATION25. 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. The Austin Matthews show again, that team was dead to rights last night after the first period and a half. And then all this guy does um, a natural Hattie in the second period, 12th career Hattie, fifth of the season, uh, sets a team record, 72nd career multi-goal game. Like I just, again, I don't know what else to say about Austin Matthews. He's just so good, so important. And I think has burst back into the Hart Trophy conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I tweeted uh, yesterday, it was a gif of uh, Justin Bieber doing the heart uh, sign too. And I think he <laughs> is, and that shows why he should be in that conversation where that team was in that game and how he came and put, brought them back in, in into that matchup. And um, I, I saw a stat yesterday. I think he has 15 of his goals are when they were down one or two goals to get them back into the game. So it just shows he's showing up at the right time. It's not garbage time. It's not empty net goals. He's scoring big, big goals in highlight real time so when you think about it i put him in the same boat as a kucherov mcdavid nathan mckinnon because he is stepping up and playing some big big minutes and putting up uh, some big points so you know and and just to look at the broader scope of things i believe now he is in the wheelhouse of matt sundin for most goals all time by a toronto maple leaf matt sundin was my hero <laughs> he was my hero and i'm going back and looking at it, just his body of work and you know he was 33 34 years old you know and Matthews is doing this, you know, six, seven years younger. So I can't put into picture now where Matthews is going to be if he has that longevity and stays healthy. You know, we might be talking Alex Ovechkin territory. So I think we're not really appreciating because we just see it happen since he's come into the league, just consistently doing it. We don't have that appreciation for what type of goal scorer he is. And I know Mike Medano said easy, Stu, when I talked about the, the wrister being one of the best of all time. He is going to go down, I believe, as probably the best 
American goal scorer, if not goal scorer of all time in the National Hockey League. That's probably why Mike Medano won't, won't return my text to come on this show because he knows he was incorrect. Um, the case for Matthew so far is still 30 games remaining. Like there's plenty of time. Nathan McKinnon hasn't been as good since the All-Star break. Nikita Kucherov has been incredible. Connor McDavid's been on a different planet. Uh, Leaf Nation 67 writes in, Matthew's out two to four weeks with a back injury from carrying the team. That's a big thing for me, man. He is 25% of the Maple Leafs goals. And it's legitimate to think the Leafs could scratch and claw and get into the playoffs by one point, even with Austin Matthews scoring 70 goals. Just think about that. This guy is on pace for 71 goals. Like, it's absurd. I know. And again, I've played with the Ole Okunins, you know, the Eric Stalls, the Kovalchuks, and those guys were like 35, 40 goal guys consistency, consistently. And we're talking to him sitting at 45 goals in February. I could not even imagine the swagger that he's walking around the league with around the city. That is different type of territory. That's different type of superstars. So yes, we're in the land of superstars where there's three or four other guys, but he's on a planet himself. And that game solidifies what type of player he is. Yes. There was some questions a couple of years ago. Is he going to be able to score the big goals and this and that he's showing that he's the real deal. And um, again, I'm not worried about this team making the playoffs because if he has to score 75 or, or, <laughs> you know, the last game, he's got to score six goals to get him in. I think he now he has that in his purview now where he's now realizing I am a leader. I can be a game changer. I can do what I need to do and want to do out there on a shift by shift basis. It just seems every shift he can turn it on, turn it off, coast, turn it on. He can do what he wants out there. And that's why he's a superstar. And I put him in that category of those three other four guys in the league. Weirdly enough, that game reminded me a lot of that Columbus series in the bubble. And it should have because uh, John Tortorella was the head coach of the Jackets, but there was no time and space. Like that was a picture perfect. I would say first 25, 28 minutes of that game for the Philadelphia Flyers. And it, it was very reminiscent of what I think you're going to see in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's been the big thing with this Leafs team. Hasn't been goaltending, hasn't been defense. They can't score in the clutch. They can't score when there's there's no space out there. And to me, at the very least, and I know it's just one of 82. There's still 30 games before the playoffs. It showed me a little something. It, it showed me that they're able to rise up even when they don't have their best and win a hockey game. Like, that was a very least victory, though. I mean, you can't ignore the fact that they were up 3-1. And then all of a sudden, like, I get it. Austin Matthews is on pace for 71 goals. But, like, they were at a point where they were force-feeding Matthews for the first five minutes, including that power play early in the third period where it's like only this guy can score. It doesn't work that way. They were playing like a team up 7-1 and it was a 3-1 hockey game. And it, get, it gets back to the idea about killer instinct. It's the same conversation over and over in this market, Stewie. Yeah, and killer instinct's not necessarily just coming in and outwilling your opponent. It's doing whatever it takes to win. It's not taking two penalties in the last six, seven minutes of, of a third period game where you're winning. It's having the fundamentals in the D zone. It's getting pucks out. It's not having turnovers up the middle. It's, um, you know, on the power play, you know, doing those fundamentals and, and, and not just converging on the puck five men deep. So those, when we talk about killer instinct, I think that's where the Leafs sort of lose a little bit of traction consistency. So they show them they can do it at times. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're looking at those highlight real goals that Matthew scored. Look at look what Philadelphia did. All they did was just ground and pound the run game, just got the puck deep, went to the net, shot, rebound, goal, shot, rebound, scramble, goal, points, yeah. right? And that's playoff hockey. Right. So if that's your MO, that's how you beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. You just got to beat them up, go into the corners, um, you know, play east, west, north, south, get it to the net. 
that's a pretty easy game plan. And remember, there's some talented, more talented teams in that division that play that same game. The, the Florida Panthers, yes, they're extremely talented. They have Barkov, uh, Reinhardt, they have Kachuk, but they can play that ground and pound game. Same thing with the Boston Bruins. So if I'm Toronto, I got to figure out a way to defend that consistently. But I think that's just a buy-in. That has got to be that in your ilk. It's got to be uh, one of your fundamentals of your system and your team culture. But it's tough. It's tough when you have the ability to get the puck to one guy knowing that he can turn the game over. What are you going to do? Just like in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, pass it to Will. Pass it to Will. But I think it's tough to do that uh, in the playoffs and be successful. Yeah, not to get too philosophical, getting back to Matthews. It's just like we all watched the majority of us, Alex Ovechkin, you played against him in his prime. Like he's making him look like a chump. Like Alex Ovechkin, every night this guy scored and then some in his prime. But Matthews is popping hatties like they're going out of style. Like that's five hat tricks. He has 30 games remaining. I mean, one third of his goal output this season has been via hat trick. Like I really try to like pause because what I do in life, and I think most people do, they look to the future. You're looking at the future, looking at the future. Next thing you know, you're like 50 years old. Like shit, I should have lived in the present. I've been trying my best this season specifically to just enjoy what this team has in Austin Matthews. Like we're literally witnessing greatness. Like there's no other way to phrase what Austin Matthews is doing where he makes goal scoring look so easy. Yeah. And he, he's scoring at will and it's, you know, it's tough to, to beat goaltenders are so big now to beat them clean, you know, from 60, 70 feet out. And and you're looking at those shots where the goaltender was, he was four or five feet outside the crease, cutting oh. down any angle, and he still found a way to get it through the goaltender. So the way that he changes the direction, the way that he changes the angle, I think that needs to be studied and put in the Smithsonian uh, Division, <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, Smithsonian uh, Museum. But yeah. remember, going back to Matt Sundin, what was sort of the MO with him and what happened? He didn't have anybody to play with. And when you're now doing that, it's tough to put the team on your back consistently. So you got to find a way now for other guys to step up. And again, I think Marner can be that guy. He's, you know, pretty decent right now. I think he's got 60 points in the 51 games that he's played, but you need more guys to do it because in the playoffs, teams are very, very prepared. They do hours of video. We had Rico. Now he had to go. He probably wasn't going to do practice. He's probably going to go watch an hour video on how to stop Austin Matthews teams now are big, fast, strong, and they're so prepared. And trust me, there's going to be teams taking runs at Matthews game 70 plus, and it's going to be tough for him to have that time and space where he's not going to be getting as many looks as he did last night. So um, it's an opportunity now for some of these other guys to step up. And again, I saw the tweets last night. I I saw you tweeting through the game and guys like Domi and Bertuzzi and Nyes, these guys got to consistently be secondary scoring threats because they're going to be needed when push comes to shove. I had a mutual, actually. Peter Burr said, you got to bring back that tweet from uh, three weeks ago talking about the Leafs' depth scoring. So I did. Uh, You want to hear the numbers. Since December 1st, (laughs) Austin Matthews has 31 goals in 30 games. Bobby McMahon, 5 and 24. Domi, 5 and 31. Camp, 3 and 27. Nice, 3 and 29. Holmberg, 2 and 19. Gregor, 2 and 30. And Tyler Bertuzzi, which we're about to talk about, 1 and 30. So it just tells me the core four doesn't score. They do not win hockey games, Stewie. So the same old issue with this. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's the market we're in. It's the market we're in, and and that's the only way to sum up, you know, the struggles of Tyler Bertuzzi. How do you go from you know having the great year that he did last year with Detroit and Boston, being consistently in the playoffs and being consistent in the playoffs, putting up some points to now, you know, 
being a dud for lack of better words this year. And again, it's tough. It's tough when you have the big four, you sort of naturally go down the order in the pecking order. But for this team to be consistent, you have to have that secondary scoring. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring back the term tertiary because Matthews Love is providing it primary and secondary, but you have to have guys now stepping up. And I loved it. I loved it because I was a fourth line player, but I'd be on the second line power power play and I would be getting the third line and fourth line guys consistently where my talent could uh, seep through and I'd put up points. So if I'm Bertuzzi and I'm not necessarily getting all the best looks against the other team's top units, that's an opportunity for me now to step up. So um, how do you get him going? I'm not sure. We, you know, we discussed maybe earlier, does he have to sit up in the, uh, in the stands and watch a game, eat a hot dog or some popcorn to figure it out, but they need him. He's too good of a player. Same thing with Domi. Domi's been great uh, dishing the puck and all that, but they were brought in here. They're paid four or $5 million to be consistent performers. If they're at two, two and a half. Yeah. We'll let it slide. We'll let it slide like uh, Mikheyev and Engvall, but they're paid big, big money uh, on a team that's cash strapped with regards to cap. They have to perform and they have to do it consistently and they're going to need them down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's hop into that conversation now uh, brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and unbeatable pricing policy. For more information, go to Charm Diamond Centers. Dot com. So Tyler Bertuzzi, the, the numbers are scary. I just talked about them. A 19-game goalless drought. He has one goal in the last 30. Uh, a terrible, terrible ozone trip uh, led to Konechny's tying goal against the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday night. I mean, make no mistake about it, Bertuzzi is fighting it. Do you think it would be a wise decision or the right decision to maybe sit this guy for a game or two just for a bit of a reset? I'm sure you've been through that in your career. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because do you want to be alienating a guy that you're going to need down the line, right? And when they brought him in, it was on a one-year deal to see how he's going to do to potentially sign him to a four-year, five-year deal. So do you really want to close the door on that? And there's a pecking order of respect and, and what they can do with guys. But, you know, maybe one game. But the issue is now they take him out and they put somebody else in and they go dash two, dash three. Now the whole conversation narrative shifts. So I think for him, it's maybe just sitting down and going through the video 
um, on what he needs to do. He's been getting opportunities. How many open nets has he missed? How many goals have been called back? Uh, but for me, I remember going One. through scoreless droughts. And again, as I got later on in my career, I don't think I went through 19 or 20. Um, I think it just comes down to practicing harder. And I tell my young kids now, you practice the way that you play. So, you know, I, I say, you know why fourth line guys, usually when they get their breakaway, why they always score? Because they've been waiting 15, <laughs> 25 games for that breakaway. And they're like, I'm not getting another one of these this year. So you have to have that desperation in practice every single shot you're shooting to score. So I think he's just got to get back to the basics. But, you know, when he was struggling before, what did he do? How did those pucks go in the net? He was standing in front of the net on that power play, tipping. So I think he's just got to go to the net a little bit more, uh, get a little bit more dirty, you know, crash the net, get involved, mix it up, uh, and not wait for that perfect pass. So I think for him, he's got to simplify his game. He's had some turnovers. Um, he's not skating as well as he did at the beginning of the year, but I think he's just got to simplify. Less is more at this point, especially when you're struggling. I would do it. Um, I think it was a bit of foreshadowing in that Philadelphia game. He played a season low 1055. Again, this guy's making five and a half million bucks this season. And number one rule of hockey, respect your opponent. I get that. But you're playing the Anaheim Ducks. They're an inferior opponent. I think you have bigger problems if you can't beat the Anaheim Ducks on a Saturday night without Tyler Bertuzzi in your lineup. I, I think it's the perfect time to do it. Bit of a reset. I'd get him right back out there against St. Louis in St. Louis coming up on Monday. But there, there's no question this guy is fighting it. And the problem, and you know this, you played the game at a really high level. It's not just offensively he's fighting it now. It's everywhere, man. The mistakes, D-zone, like everywhere. And it just, it, 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 has a, it has the opportunity of spiraling out of control. And I think we're getting to that point because he is fighting it. Like 19 games, this guy... Uh, he's a three-time 20-goal scorer. He's hit 30 once in his career. Like, there's no question his confidence is shot. And I, I think it wouldn't be the worst idea to put him in the press box for a game. Yeah, I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um, but remember, when you're at that $5 million mark, there's usually a, a process to, to benching a guy, right? I think you got to bump him down to the fourth line, play him there. You know, hey, you know what? We're going to put you with some less talented guys and you're going to have to simplify your game, give him four or five games there, see how it works. Uh, and then, you know, challenges ice time, right? So, Hey, we're going to yeah. put you at eight, nine minutes and you're going to have to now do those fundamentals and do those little details on the D zone. Don't be minus get pucks out, get to the net. And then as a last case resort, that's when you bench him. So again, yes, he's been struggling, but it's gone from, Hey, Bertuzzi hasn't scored in a while to now we got to bench him because now you sit him, and they lose to Anaheim. Now it's going to be a whole other headline. And we're going to be sitting here talking about this. And, you know, the reason why I believe uh, Reeves was out last game is because McMahon got a hat trick the game yeah. before. He obviously can't sit him. So I would put him on the fourth line, let him stew there for a bit, work his way out of it. And then as a last case scenario, because this team is not going to be successful if Matthews has five goals in the first series, Marner's at one or two. And then mm -hmm. you have these other guys, these secondary guys at zero goals, one assist. They need these guys to be successful. So alienate them in game, you know, 55, I don't think is the case. You got to find a way to work them, have them work their way out of it. Last case resort, that's when you sit them. I don't call it alienating. I call it accountability, which I think the Leafs are trying to instill the last 25 games. Like David Camp got healthy scratch for a mistake. So what's any different? Like, like Bertuzzi is in Austin Matthews where you give them the benefit of the doubt. Like you make a mistake. That was a terrible penalty. He had a terrible night. He was awful. And so it's accountability. That's all I look at it as. Yeah. Then what if he's now in your office giving you the uh, Sheldon Keefe talk? What if the roles are reversed? 
then I say, see you later. We'll we'll put you on the first jet out of here. You're <laughs> yeah, trading. Again, you in a normal market, yes. In a normal market, that could work. But here, like I said, you do not want that to be the storyline. And that's that's probably why he's not scratched. The storyline. He just doesn't strike me as a guy who would who would like come banging on on Keith's office door being like, oh, my goodness, can't believe you benched me. It's like, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, buddy. I mean, he I don't understand players come to Toronto and they forget how to play hockey. Like even Max Domi. I love Max Domi. I think he's a really good player, useful player. I don't know if it's going to work at center long haul rest of the season. This guy leads the NHL in icings like he has to. Every time he has the puck, it's like a grenade. I don't know if it's the markets, the pressure. It's just not the same player we've seen maybe a couple of years back, obviously. Well, I'm not sure if you get this, but we talk about the Leafs and I have people stopping me on the street asking me, hey, why, are you, why did you say this? Why? So I cannot imagine as a player, hey, what happened last game? Hey, what's going on? Really? What's going on with the power play? You need to fix it. So it's this market where it's just a whole different world. Uh, but again, these guys are paid a lot of money. Yes, I understand that too, but that does affect them. Every single thing you do is under a microscope. When you go to the grocery store, when you're at the rink, when you're on the road, what is the Toronto Maple Leafs doing and what's going on? So it's tough. It's tough to deal with that pressure. And, you know, I, I said I would always have a better career, I feel, if I played for a Winnipeg at Calgary or Toronto. You know, I was stuck and, you know, I, I went without 25 games without a goal, I believe. And True. the beat riders asking me, hey, what's your favorite food? <laughs> they don't even care about the game, right? So it's, it comes with the territory. But to say it does not affect them, that's not true. So it's it's tough. It takes a special type of player not just to come here, but be successful and deal with everything that comes to being in the Toronto Maple Leaf. And that's why I said Freddie Anderson was probably one of the top Maple Leafs because there was no controversy the whole time he was here. It was the only controversy was when he left and Hey, do they need to bring back Freddie Anderson? So that's, I'll, I'll say that, you know, who's really bought in and I'm looking forward to this game on Saturday, the revenge look Simone Benoit like that. That was a monster hit on Cam York, who I'm not sure return of the game. He talked about Delore entering and then the instigator happening, but like Simone Benoit is now up to four fights as a Maple Leaf every night. Like the one thing I've noticed about him and, this does happen with defensemen. It's like they'll have good moments, bad moments. He's been pretty consistent for like the last month and a half where we're sitting here, Stewie, on February 16th. And I I think it's safe to say the Leafs make the playoffs game one. Simone Benoit is in that lineup, no? I think so. But if I was him, I would find a number to lock in for eight years where you're just going <laughs> to continually just fly under the radar, right? Because remember, we were saying the same thing about Giordano. Oh, that that he's amazing, yeah. you know? Blood and tears, older. bleeds blue and white. Oh, Scott Tibbetts, he's the second coming, right? And and now look how the narrative has changed in, in a short, short yeah. time. So he's one of those guys where I think because of his cap hit and zero expectations, yes, he's come in and done done a great, great job. So I don't know if that earns him a ticket off the island at uh, $2 million somewhere else. But if I'm him, again, he's just quietly going about his business, playing solid defensive hockey, playing physical drawing the ire of the other team's opposition and he steps up when needed to be. So my question is, and my concern, how do you have to go to the market to get a guy at eight, whatever, eight fifty uh, to come and play that way? How have you not drafted and developed and had an impact player in the last six, seven years to do that? Right. So for me, I wait, like, wait, 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 do, do you know who the previous gem of this team was the calculator guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But how have you not, how do you not have a guy like that? How do you not have three guys like that on the farm ready to go for you right now? That's my Actually, Don't they have that kid? I don't know if they drafted him this year, but that kid who hammered Ronnie Turvin and in, in the kids in the, uh, 
the prospects camp over the summer. Yeah, but he to come up and run around. But he's again, he's been underrated defensively. Yeah, he's not getting beat out of the corner. He's, you know, he's a, a poor man's Radko Gudis, right? So again, so for me, I'm like, how do you not have those guys ready and willing to step up for the last two, three years within your system? But again, if I'm them, you, you lock him in because a lot of those nights you don't notice him. And as a defenseman, you don't notice him because he just does those fundamentals uh, and keeps it simple. And it's, it's working for him. I always say I, I love playing with a Jason Cullimore because game one or game 82, he played the exact same way. Love his passion. Uh, he's He's been such a pleasant story this year. He really, really has. And I, I think in a dire need of somebody stepping up on that blue line, it's been Simone Benoit of all players. Nobody expected that when they signed him as sort of a depth defenseman back in September. I thought Ilya Samsonov had a really good night too. Like that's the underrated part of the victory, a 4-3 win here against Philadelphia Flyers in OT was Samsonov making 29 saves. He's 6-2 and two since being put on waivers. But I thought he was a big reason why they won that game. Again, it was not pretty. You need to scratch and claw sometimes. But Samsonov in this story has been pretty epic the last month and a half, hasn't it? Yeah, he seems really square to the puck. He's not panicking. And the 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 MO was, you know, sort of flops around in his crease. But that reset going down to the minors, I don't think he played a game. It was just hitting a reset no. button, maybe watching some videos or maybe just hey, we're going to give you a week off away from the rink. That can work wonders. So, you know, maybe it'll work with our good friend Jack Campbell out uh, in the West there too. Probably but, not. You know, I, I think the thing was that I think they had a conversation with them saying, we need you. We need you, right? Joseph Wall was playing some great, great hockey, but I don't think he got over the hump where he was the bonafide number one. So him going down a reset was, hey, you're going to come back and you're going to have the opportunity to be the guy. So some goaltenders do uh, better than others with that competition. I think when he doesn't have that competition, he plays better. Uh, but, you know, good for him and coming in and figuring it out. You know, he had some decent years with the Washington Capitals. He is a capable goalie. Um, is he a bona fide 1A? I think it's still yet to see, but he's been playing great, great hockey. And he's one of the main reasons why the Leafs have had some success as of late. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year in daily face-off. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team-building skills. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory from the mouth-watering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never-frozen beef. Sign up to play daily face-off to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. So coming up on Saturday, Stewie, it's three of three. At home before a four-game road trip, I believe, for the Maple Leafs. They're hosting the Anaheim Ducks. We had Adam Henrique on the podcast a bit earlier on. The Ducks coming off a convincing 5-1 victory against the Ottawa Senators on Thursday night. Inferior opponent. We know how these go, but the Leafs have to take care of business here. Plain and simple, win this hockey game and move on business. Yeah, and if I'm Matthews, I'm giving him the night off where, again, I'm not playing him 24, 25 minutes. The other guy's got to step up. So if I'm Keefe... You know, I'm maybe giving that second line power play a little bit more than the 30, 40 seconds that they usually get. Uh, I'm giving some of the depth guys an opportunity to show what they can do right now at this point in the season. Yes, you need wins. I don't really think they're in fear of not missing the playoffs. You got to give some guys an opportunity to be consistent and show what they can do because you can't be a one line team, a three defenseman and one goalie. Uh, team to have success in the playoffs you need everybody so I want to see Nick Robertson out there getting involved I want to see McMahon I want to see some of these other guys I want to see Reeves back in there throwing the body as well giving some guys an opportunity these are these games but you're looking at the rest of February 
you got Vegas twice, you got Colorado, you got Boston twice, you got the Rangers. So they're not out of the woodwork yet. I think uh, finishing with a strong February will set them up for the rest of the year. But these games now that are quote unquote uh, scheduled wins, you got to get more guys involved because what you don't want, you don't want your top guys exhausted and playing, having to play consistently 24, five minutes. I understand that they had to do that yesterday to get the W, but you need four lines. You need a 60 going consistently. Dude, this is wild. So the last time the Leafs played Anaheim was January 3rd. If you recall, they started off 2024 in a bit of a heater. Austin Matthews, his 30th goal of the season, won it in OT. He has 45 now. He, <laughs> he scored 15 goals in that time frame. Can you guess how many goals Tyler Bertuzzi has since then? Uh, no way. <laughs> yeah, no. dude. I was, I was, I was, I was going to try to hide, Google it real quick, but you caught me. So again, thanks for the answer on that. But again, it's, you know, it's, again, it's the market, but we can't write them off. We can't write them off because again, it's going to be tough to sign other free agents for that money coming in, knowing if he doesn't have success, you have to find a way to get him going. And yes, I can understand the one game in the press box, but find a way, find a way to get him going. And, and, and Vic on the, on the line there. So maybe you put him with uh, Austin Matthews. It seemed everything that he touches turns to gold. You got to find a way as opposed to just saying, Hey, you know what? We're going to bury him and, and get someone else in there. Sukat, I've been on the record since day one with Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, to an extent, I know I'm giving him some heat. I do not care what he does in the regular season. If Bertuzzi comes out and they go on a lengthy run and he scores five to nine goals or whatever it is, and he contributes and he adds some depth, then I think it's a win. It's a good signing. I really do feel like the Leafs added some of these guys being truly cognizant of what it's like to play like in the Stanley Cup playoffs, what it's like to be there and guys who can help put them over the top. So I'm reserving complete judgment. I know, again, I'm giving him some heat right now. He just hasn't been good in my world. But again, if Bertuzzi comes out there, does his thing in the playoffs, I consider it a win, and I'd look at extending the guy. Like, I just, I want to see him in a playoff setting, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you look at, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, who's gone on extended runs the last couple of years, and, you know, the uh, the Corey Perrys and the Pat Maroons, Bertuzzi could be that guy. He could be that depth guy that comes in and takes over a series, whether it's physically or, or scoring those big goals or coming up with a big hit, right? He's a feisty guy. He gets involved physically. Uh, but for me, I'm thinking of that game, the goal that scored in game seven, it's an ugly goal going off a yeah. guy's leg or going off their sideburns. I, I think he's that type of guy. So again, yes, you want to have some success in the playoffs, but guys like that, I think, like you said, you have to reserve judgment, true judgment until after a playoff series. So it'll be a three of five Morgan Riley, not in the lineup. Again, the statistics and it's very leafy do not make sense. They're 16, two and two now, I believe, um, or something around along those lines with, without Riley in the lineup since last year, which is insane to me. could even be 16, two and one, but they're 35, 15 and five all time without Morgan Riley. Can you make sense of that for me? So you're saying you need to trade him. Is that the headline? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I'm wearing my yeah. shirt. No, today. but again, it's, he is such a big, big piece. And when he's not in the lineup, there is an urgency and almost a panic saying we have to step up and focus on those details. Cause we do not have our top star defenseman uh, to bail us out of the situation and say what you want. Yes. He's putting up a lot of points and, and, and here and there, but he plays a pretty sound defensive game where he does the fundamentals really, really good. He skates really well. He gets pucks out. So when you're missing that huge element in your lineup, you need other guys to step up and it's almost is a panic mode when you're missing those guys, because you don't have a legitimate number two or a legitimate number three defenseman. You 
have to do it by committee. So I think there's attention to detail. So I think the key is once he's in there, everybody having that same urgency that when he's out. 16, two and one is the record. That's fair. But uh, producer Vic in all caps here in the chat, fuck play with that urgency when he's there. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Producer Vic, bring in the heat. We got to get him on the show. We are, we will get him on at some point. But uh, looking forward to this one against Anaheim. It's an inferior opponent. Just be ready to play. Again, the Ducks, as, as Rico mentioned, have had a long, grueling road trip. The Leafs, you would have to think, feeling better about life. Um, I know watching that game on Thursday, it was quite clear a couple of guys still battling something. John Tavares hunched over. Nylander, Marner got cooking as the game went on. Got to take care of business because they, they know what's looming. You just mentioned all the big-time opponents. Starts on Monday with a family day matinee affair, one Eastern start against St. Louis. So uh, we'll see what's in store for the Maple Leafs, the Botano wrap presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Major announcement. Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas. Join Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and unforgettable football moments. You got any bets you like for that game against Anaheim? I think I'm going to take Matthews to score again. How about that? Yeah, I'm taking that for sure. What is the, is it 0.5 goals? If it's 1.5, the line, I'm taking the over. He just seems like he's not slowing down. And again, just the casualness of those three goals. He's coming back through the neutral zone. Oh, okay, I'll just turn up here. I'll puck some my stick, quick release. So he just seems like he's gearing up for a good 15 goals in his next 10 games. So if there's a sure bet, it's Austin Matthews scoring a goal, or I think he wants to continue this, uh, the streak. Whatever the over is on shots, I'm hammering that. All in six bucks. Oh, six whole dollars. Uh, I'll sniff around on the over in that game. I know it was on the over yesterday. It took a while to get there. I'm like, holy shit, as I placed that bet. And then it was like halfway through and it was like a one nothing game. I'm like, man, I'm an idiot. But then the Leafs started playing Leafs hockey and Philadelphia unraveled a bit. So it was great to see. And obviously the over hit over six and a half in that game. So I'd probably I'd probably look at the Leafs puck line in that game against the Anaheim Ducks. It's a Saturday night. That's probably why I'm placing that bet. I think the Leafs will get up for that game as they get ready for a uh, road trip and maybe the uh, pending return of Joseph Wall as well. So, uh, Stewie, excellent job today, buddy. We'll talk soon. That's great. And uh, shout out to Adam Henrique. If he's looking in a Leaf uniform sooner than later, they're going to be a lot better than they are today. I'll tell you that. You see his face and I'm like, ah, just preparing you for what's to come. You just never know. And I'm trying to draw ties. Of course, his uh, father-in-law, Steve Thomas, played for the Anaheim Ducks and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, thank you to Rico for dropping by. Monday is going to be a big show as well. Again, the one Eastern start time against St. Louis to start off that road trip. Jay Rosehill is going to be beachside. I believe he's arrived in Cancun, so we're going to get him on. And uh, we have Dean Evison, former Minnesota Wild head coach, uh, dropping by the program on Monday as well. So jam-packed Monday edition. Many thanks to Anthony Stewart, producer Vic, everybody in the chat. At the Leafs Nation 401, enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk on Monday. Take care. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.